this mic. Especially good to introduce to you my newest friend, Mr. Charles Spence, who's going to bring us a message and a song this morning. Would y'all give him a warm Woodland Hills welcome? Yeah, 
got it. Come on, sing it now. We believe in God the Father. Uh, so that we can have a record of your visit. I promise 
we won't put you on a mailing. Well, we will put you on our church mailing list. But I promise we won't sell your name to Sears and Roebuck. Amen? We will not do that on Montgomery Ward. It's out of the question, all right? But help us with that. Wave at somebody. Tell me glad to see them today all across this place. Good group here. Praise the Lord. And you may be seated. Would you join me in prayer this morning as we lift these up? Uh, remember Damien, uh, little Damien, three-year-old at Cook uh, Children's Hospital in Fort Worth with leukemia. Remember Melody Foster's mother, she had a stroke. And then Michael Shelton is at Longview Regional right now with uh, pneumonia. They admitted him. Uh, and then we remember these that are recovering, Gracie, Lottery, and Donna Stevens. Shirley Stiles, Gloria Williams. Gloria in here today? Yes, she's here. Okay. We'll take her name off. We pray for her enough. Amen. Okay. No, she's doing good. It works. Amen. It works. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's exactly right. Remember Miss Carolyn Barnett, uh, Mike Cunningham, uh, Mike and Tammy. Mike has got some stomach pain and he's on his way to, or he's there at the yard now. And remember Brother Case, uh, their family, they had an uh, anniversary trip turned into a quarantine family trip. They're up in the woods somewhere outside of Pigeon Forge, uh, hunkered down. Uh, so you pray for them as they'll be coming home this week. And, and they're, they're doing better and uh, just tired and all. Pray for them. Brother Leroy Worship has an appointment tomorrow. His heart is in AFib to pray for him. And then uh, we've got several that got COVID this week. Uh, Barbie Baker, remember her. Barbara McDaniel, Pat Westbrook, James and Kimberly Compton, and all their boys, both boys. And then remember Janet Campbell, be going to, to Dallas for tests this week. And then uh, we've got several fighting cancer. And I, I just want to reiterate what Gloria's already said. Prayer works. Don't, don't give up praying. I, I know sometimes you think, well, all of this list, man, don't, hey, you can find all this online at the church website, but be a prayer warrior and lift these up uh, in this time. Those with cancer, uh, Sheila Connor and Carolyn Northcutt, Janelle Brown, Laquita Cummings, George Strain, and Rhonda Rancourt. And then remember Miss Betty Wilson and at the Hill here on Hospice, and Miss Betty Hudman, they've moved her over to Parkview, uh, but she continues to fall and, and so remember her. And then remember the Whitehurst family. Larry's mother was buried yesterday, so pray for that family. And then, uh, man, let's not forget to pray for our government officials. Uh, God's still got them in His hand. Amen. Uh, don't let's not let up praying uh, our military uh, guys and girls that are standing in the gap for us right now while we're having this service. Some of them in 115, 120 degree heat uh, so that we can have this freedom to have service. Remember our policemen and our firemen. And I know you've got other prayer requests. Pray with me, would you? Lord, we're, we're grateful to be part of the army of yours. We realize that uh, without you, anything we do is useless. It's in vain. So we plead with you, Lord Jesus, forgive us of our sin. Lord, the things that we should have done, we didn't do. The things we did that we shouldn't have done. Lord, the list can go on. But, oh God, we need your cleansing. 
We need a fresh anointing from you right now today. I ask you to be with these that have been mentioned in this prayer time. Lord, you know every one of the needs. You know them by name. You know every detail about every situation. So would you just meet their needs according to your divine riches and glory. Have your way and your will in their life. And then, Lord, for those of us who've gathered here to worship you and to lift up Jesus, God, would you not let anything stand in the way of your presence in this place today? Bind Satan from this place. Don't let us think about the things of this world. But, Father, would you help us to focus upon you, trust you for these next moments. We'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say our scripture with me, if you would please. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee. Psalm 85, 6. It was just a few years ago, which my childish was thinking far behind. And I can still remember my blistered hands from working out in the fields on April night. And I can still remember Daddy taking me to the woodshed yes, when I did mine. And I can still remember my Daddy's ways of thinking about the Bible and the woodshed. And that's what this modern nation needs today. That's why my father's hand still meets me on the right road. A mom and dad, my church prays for me all the time. Yes, my father's hand still meets me on the right road. Yes, with a Bible and a woodshed. That's just what this modern nation needs today. Yes, I was more blind than a blind man, even though I could see. But the good Lord sent down an angel from heaven and laid his hands on me. I was more blind than a blind man, even though I had my sight. But then the good Lord sent down an angel from heaven and you brought me right to the light. That's why my father's hand still meets me on the right road. My mom and dad, my church prays for me all the time. Yes, my father's hand still meets me on the right road. Yes, with the Bible and the woodshed. That's just what this modern nation needs today. Yes, with the Bible and the woodshed. That's just what this modern nation needs today. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Charles. That's an original. Charles wrote the Bible and the woodshed. Charles, you have any CDs in the back? Eight traps? I don't even know what those look like. I've just heard of them. I'm thankful for Charles. 
the way that the Lord leads us. I love the first line of this song. Sweetly, Lord, have I heard thee calling. Come follow me. And we see where thy footprints falling. Lead us straight to thee. You know the hymn. Sing it with us, church, would you? Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling. Come and follow me. And we see where thy footprints falling. Spirit, speak. 
Thank you for being here. Wouldn't be no need to have a preacher if you didn't come hear somebody preach. So thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Looking, if you would, at Exodus chapter 33. Some of you say, well, wait a minute. We covered chapter 33 last week. We just touched on the end. We may stay here another month. I don't know. It, it's good. Amen. Uh, Exodus chapter 33, beginning in verse 18. And if you would stand in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. Exodus 33, beginning in verse 18. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I'll make all my goodness pass before thee, and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I'll show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I'll put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I'll take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Father, thank you this morning. I pray, Lord, that we would agree with Moses. Show me thy glory. Lord, show me thy glory. Let it fall fresh on this place. Lord, maybe as never before. Help us to not leave here the same way we came in. Have your way in our life. Hide me behind the cross. Use my voice to say what you want to say this morning. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The story is told of the woodpecker that flew up to the top of a very high pine tree and he pecked three times on the pine tree and suddenly a bolt of lightning struck the tree and just left it in nothing but splinters. The bird, the woodpecker, flew off to another tree and kind of shook a little terror and he was kind of waiting for something else to happen. And then he kind of chuckled to himself. He said, my, my, my. Just think, only three pecks from my beak in all of this. <laughs> when you look at that, you need to be reminded, and I need to be reminded, that the only person who ever is to receive glory is the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God for soloists. I thank God for instrumentalists. And, and, and we clap and we say amen. But I'll tell you, if you don't understand this, understand it today. That we're not saying you're great, we're saying he's great. And you've let, God has used that person to be a blessing to somebody else. But all glory goes to God. Because God's a jealous God. And he's not going to let anybody else share in his glory. Now over 400 years in bondage, the nation Israel is now coming uh, into chapter 33. They cried out to God in that bondage. And God heard their cry. And a guy by the name of Moses. Moses uh, uh, had an experience. Had an encounter with the Lord in Exodus chapter 3. And I hope this morning. That you didn't come to hear a preacher preach. Or you didn't come to hear somebody sing. I pray this morning you came to say. Lord I need an encounter with you. That's what we need today is an encounter with the Holy God. They cried out to God and Moses had an encounter with God that changed his life, shaped his whole future. He had spent 40 years there in Pharaoh's house and all the finest colleges and all. He saw uh, an Egyptian abusing a Hebrew and he killed the Egyptian. So he slipped off and hid kind of on the run. Aren't you glad when we're on the run, God knows how to find us? He's on the backside of a desert over there. He's married, got a couple of kids. He finally thinks, well, things are going to settle down. I, I'm somewhere new. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows what I've done. Nobody knows my experience. But God knows. And so he has an experience with, with the Lord on the backside of the desert. And of course, you know the plagues that we've gone through and the miracles after miracles that God has done and God was with them. And they come down to Exodus chapter 33 and you're praising God that they're not back in Egypt anymore. They're not in captivity. But the truth is they're not in the promised land yet either. They're not in Canaan. They're somewhere between what God promised and what God delivered them from. In a place called the wilderness. Have you ever been there? I mean when you, you. You thank God you're not. Under the wrath of sin anymore. You've been saved. And you've been delivered from sin. But the truth is. You're not living the promised land life either. You're somewhere in between. Which is where most folk are today. Uh, just four things here quickly. First of all. Moses has an anxious condition. Now, if you've got anxiety and somebody tells you that's bad, tell them that you're wrong. Anxiety is good. Good to have anxiety. 
You ought to be anxious about some few things. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never had that living water that He died for, I want to tell you, I'd be pretty anxious right now. Because I believe the Lord can come back any day. May come back. I pray He come back before I finish. Because I don't really have a good ending to this thing. So, it, you know, it'd be good if He just came back in the middle of this thing and, and we just went on out of here. Amen? If you're here and you've not trusted Christ, it'd be a good time to be saved before the end of that service is over with. But he's tired. They've been marching a long time. And physically and spiritually, he's worn out. I tell young couples, they call and they've had a little spat and they want to talk. And I counsel with them. I always tell them, do two things for them before you come. Go eat a good ribeye steak and take you a two-hour nap. Because the statistics show that the number one and number two problems in marriages are people are hungry or they're tired and wore out. So if you'll go ahead and eat a good ribeye steak with a baked potato, salad with all the trimmings, and then take you about a two-hour nap, you wake up and you, you know what? Your marriage may be a whole lot better off than what you thought it was. When you, when you get fed and you're not tired anymore. But he's tired. They've been marching a long time. They've already been up there on the mountain. And God said, Moses, those people you brought over here, they're down there making a fool of themselves down there. They're corrupt. They're worshiping a, a golden calf. Go down there. So he is spiritually wiped out. He is so wiped out that when God says speak to the rock, he struck the rock. What makes you so tired, so weary, so wore out that you strike something instead of speaking to it when God says speak? Well, it's weariness. It can be waywardness. Man, have mercy. Have you ever seen a time when the world was vying for your time more than it is now? I mean, on every hand, somebody wants to sell you something. They got a free vacation for you. They got, you know, and listen, they're selling more uh, bridges in Arizona over the ocean than any time I've ever known in my life. And people are buying them. And they're weary. What causes that? Well, I'm going to tell you, the thing that will help that is to have the glory of God. When the glory of God falls, suddenly your weakness becomes strength. When the glory of God falls, your weariness, God takes it all into consideration. And He helps you to go the second mile and have enough strength and, and wisdom to go forward. Moses has got a desperate condition here, but he's also got a determined pride. He said in verse 13, I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said unto them, If thy presence go not with me, then carry us not hence. He said, Lord, I'm on a mission. God, I'm on a mission. And it's a long mission. It's not a hundred yard sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. It's a long mission. It's going to be a rough mission. It's going to be a hard mission. Whoever told you life was easy, that somebody just took you to the cleaners. Life's not easy when God's good to you. Life has always got problems. And he said, I've made up my mind. God, I need your glory. If you're not going, then I'm not going. But i got to have your glory. I think one of the saddest times in the New Testament 
is when Joseph and Mary have gone to Jerusalem and they left Jerusalem and they've gone on a full day's journey. You had No, I thought you had Now, Becky and I did that to Jeremy one time here years ago. I thought she had it. She thought I had it. He was asleep on a pew on a Sunday night. Lights already turned out, building locked up and everything. And we went back and got him. And, and, uh, but, uh, hey, they went a whole day's journey without noticing that Jesus was out there. You say, Preacher, what does that mean to me? I'll tell you what it means. It means that you can be on the Christian journey and God not going with you. It means you can become so wrapped up in ritual and so mundane and so mechanical that, that God's not even there. You just continue on. You see, our problem today in many of our homes and many of our churches is we're content to move forward without God. And we can't move forward without God. Moses said, if you're not going, then I'm not going. It's possible to be on the Christian journey and not even have God with you. You know when we're going to see the glory of God? I'll tell you, when, when we decide as a church that we're not moving unless God goes with us, we'll see the glory of God. You've got to have God in your singing. You've got to have God in your teaching. You've got to have God in your preaching, in your worship. And the, the problem is we've left God out of the picture. Hymn writer said, all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray in holy manner. We'll be showered all around. I read the story of the lady that went to a pet store. She was lonely. And so she purchased a parrot. He could talk to her. They could have a conversation. And uh, she took the pet home. She came back the next, door, next day and said, uh, the parrot don't say anything. He didn't speak. Really? He said, well, do, do you have a mirror? Parrots love mirrors. They look, they look at their stuff in the mirror. No. So she bought a mirror. She came back the next day and she said, look, he still didn't say a word. He don't speak. Well, do you have a ladder? Parrots love to walk up and down ladders. So she bought a ladder. Took out, came back the next day and said, look, he has not said a word. The parrot don't speak. He said, well, do you have a swing? Parrots love to swing. She bought a swing. Next day she come back and she said, sir, uh, the bird died. And the owner said, I'm terribly sorry for that, ma'am. She said, did he ever say anything? She said, yeah, he did say, don't they sell any bird food down there at that store? <laughs> You see, sometimes we can be so wrapped up in all the things we're doing that we forget the most important thing. And if the glory of God is not on what we're doing, if God's not with us, we're, at, we're marching to an un, un, undreamed beat. It's not going to work. We've got to pay attention to the most important priorities of life. And I want to tell you the most important priority that we need right now in the shape we're in as a country, as a church, as families together, with all respect, we need to say, God, if you're not going, I'm not going either. We're going to stay here. I wonder what it would be like if pastors wouldn't get behind this sacred desk unless God went with them. I wonder what it would be like if, 
if, if uh, families wouldn't operate unless God was with them. I wonder what it would be like if, if marriages, instead of focusing on cardiac uh, workouts and six packs and watching sports and video games, if they focused on the glory of God and said, we've got to have the glory of God in our marriage. We've got to have the glory of God in our homes. I wonder if we're really, really hungry and desperate. Because I'm going to give you a quote right out of the Bible. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they may be filled. Mm -mm. For they shall be filled. Listen, any time that we're wavering away from God back and forth and God's not with us, listen to me, it is never God's fault. It is always our fault. God does not waver. His, he's fresh and new each morning. It's our fault. So then God reacts to him here in chapter 33, verse 14. He said, my presence shall go with thee and I'll give thee rest. And the Lord in verse 17 said unto Moses, I'll do this thing according also that thou hast spoken that for thou hast found grace in my sight and I know thee by name. Listen, God doesn't want to be in the back seat this morning. God wants to take over. I've used this illustration my entire ministry. I don't have many, many uh, originals. Most of them I've stolen from somebody. But I have got a couple. And one of them, and my favorite, you've heard it many times. But some of you are new and you've never heard it, so you need to hear it too. If I went home, I know my wife. If I went home and said, honey, I just want you to know. You're the number one woman in my life. She would not say, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I know her like a book. She'd say, who's the number two woman? In my life? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Listen, you can't say, God, you're number one. Family, you're number two. Church, you're number three. No. You seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these other things will be added unto you. God's got to be everything. Show us your glory, God. We, we need to see it. We need to experience it. We need to, to, to rest in it. Listen, rest and peace is not the absence of problems. If God took every one of your problems away right now, clean slate, before you got home this afternoon, you'd have another set of problems. Rest and peace is not the absence of problems. Rest and peace is having peace in the midst of the problems because of the presence of God. And God's presence, God's glory, because God is there. And then I love that. He, he knows my name. He knows every hair on your head. Amen? I mean, God is a big God. He's awesome. He created the universe. He sustains the universe. I, I love it. We've got a lady over at Arabella. One of her favorite songs is he got the whole world in his hands. We sing that quite often over there. Can you imagine God is big enough to have the whole world in his hands? He is awesome. He is magnificent. He, he, I'm, and I'm thankful for the bigness of God. Nothing happens in this universe that doesn't come by God first of all of His approval there. I'm thankful for the bigness of God. But I want to tell you what I'm more thankful for. 
I'm thankful that in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. when nobody knows what's on my heart, nobody knows the burdens, nobody knows the thoughts and the cares, God knows my name at 2 o'clock in the morning and He's standing right there with me to give me peace. That's what I appreciate. I'm thankful He knows all y'all's name. But I'm thankful He knows my name. And He knows my heart. You going through something? You say, nobody knows anything about it. Oh yeah, they do. God knows everything. He knows everything. And then there's a security here that's in the Word of God. In verses 19 through 23. Moses basically is saying, God, I'm tired of the mundane. They're just regular old, regular, same old, same old. I, I, wanna, I want something fresh. I want something new. I, I want to wake up and walk with you like it's the first day I've ever walked with you in my life. I want to sing like it's the first day I've ever sang before you in my life. I'm tired of the rituals and the mundane. and the, I want to see you fresh. I want to hear you fresh. Uh, show me your glory. God said, can't do it. If I did it, you'd die. You can't handle it. And then God uses a wonderful word. It is behold, but it could be but. God says, but. I can't show you my glory. But I tell you what I do. I got a place for you right here. And I'll take you and I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. And then I'm going to pass by. You're not going to be able to see my face. You're not going to be able to see my glory and all that. But you're just going to be able to see my backsides. And I want to tell you, that's all you need. Aren't you glad sometimes that God just gives us a peek? I mean, I have not seen or ear heard what the Father has in store for those who love Him and call according to His purpose. But I'll tell you, He'll give us a peek. Show me, I'll tuck you in a spot and you'll be sheltered in the cleft of the rock. He knows me by name. And I want to tell you what else too. I don't have time this morning to preach it. I promised I was going to be short. When you do see the glory of God, you don't have to walk around and announce it. We don't have time to look forward here a little bit. But the glory of God got all over old Moses. And when he came down, Moses didn't know it. But everybody in the camp knew it. Moses was humble. Listen, the glory of God don't make you proud like a peacock. The glory of God will humble you before the Lord. I remember that hilarious illustration that preacher that was trying to get the congregation moving near the end of the sermon he said the church has really got to walk nobody had said a word during the whole thing finally someone going the back said let her walk preacher let her walk it kind of fired him up you know when you talk back to the preacher I, I, it fires him up and he said if we're going to walk uh, the next thing we need to do is run and the old boy hollered let her run preacher let her run and he said, if we're going to run, we need to learn to fly. He let her fly, preacher, let her fly. The preacher was all fired up and said, and if we're going to fly, it's going to cost money. It was a silence. <laughs> From the back, 
Let her walk, preacher, let her walk. I guess a lot of churches do that, but you haven't. There's not been a thing we've done in the last 17 years that you've not said, let's roll up our sleeves and let's do it. We want to be a part of it. I don't care whether it's been day school ministry. What a tremendous, listen, our day school ministry is tremendous. It's going to, it, we're going to see more families ministered to and helped in that than we've ever realized. The preschool ministry, children's ministry, more than 60 kids are going to camp tomorrow. If you have a prayer list, you really ought to put Christy on that list. Yeah. Because God love her. If she has any hair, when she comes back at all, it'll be a miracle. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, if you've got a grandchild, now you didn't hear this from me, but if you've got a grandchild or you've got a neighbor that's finished third grade and they haven't signed up for youth camp, up for children's camp, if you go to Christy and kind of turn your head and kind of look with them little weepy eyes, she'll let them go. We can get them in. I know it's Sunday, but I'll tell you what, she'll get them in. I think of our youth ministry, college ministry, the Bible conferences we have in this church are second to none. The revival services, the music ministry, the outreach. We've got missions all over the globe, uh, helping missionaries there, discipleship ministry, and the bus ministry, and the CR ministry, benevolence, helping so many people, the Gideons, the Christian Motorcycle Association, the Christian Academy. I mean, we can go, and you have funded it all. But in the midst of it, let's don't grow complacent and learn to just do it by routine and rote. Let's depend on God. Oh God, show me your glory. Sometimes I'm looking at many of you that I've seen at the midnight hour when the doctor said that's all I can do. And yet God showed up. Miracle after miracle. We cannot serve God without God going with us. I looked this morning through my calendar early. And if I have it right, I, I pretty well documented. I preached 182 times from January the 1st through June the 30th. If God lets me live, it'll probably be 364 by the end of the year. That's one a day. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how many times have I preached when you didn't go with me? I had all the points. I had good sermons. I had poems. I had illustrations. But I wouldn't tell you. I need God. Show me your glory. Oh God. I wonder how many times we've taught Sunday school classes and life groups and God wasn't with us. How many times we've sung. How many times we've witnessed. I wonder in our family how many decisions we've made and God didn't go with us. In our marriages, we, rather than get into the Word of God, 
I was listening to Brother Charles while ago sing about that woodshed. I prayed to God I came up in a generation that the woodshed was already past. It was bad enough with the sycamore switch or a cedar switch. I'd hate to know I'd been in that generation with a woodshed there. How many times, though, have we said, well, I know what the Bible says, but, but Lord, my family, uh, we're, we're kind of worldly. We, we, we're involved in this world, and we've got all this stuff we need to take into consideration. And how many times have we walked out and said, God, there's no place for you in my home. No place in my life. God, give us something fresh this morning. Show us your glory. Here's a loaded question. And you're the only one who can answer it. If you're not living in the glory of God, how bad do you want it? I mean, do you want it bad enough that you would actually get up from your seat and come down here and kneel at an altar and say, Lord, I need your glory. I'm operating. I'm doing all right. I got problems, but, but Lord, I don't, I, I'm not in the promised land. I'm not in Egypt, but I'm not in the promised land. I'm somewhere in between. God, I need your glory. Maybe this morning you're here and you would trust Christ as your personal Savior. You're not going to see the glory of God until, first of all, you become a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you'd be an illegitimate child. He's not going to deal with you. But today. This day. You can be saved. And be part of the kingdom of God. Most of us in this place. Maybe you need a church home. Hey there's not a better church. In, that I know of anywhere. But there's good churches all around us. They're everywhere. And they're good. And I know I'm a little prejudiced. Man, have mercy. We've seen the glory of God fall here. We've felt the presence of God. Let's just don't get complacent. God, show me your glory. Lord Jesus, oh, how we need you more than ever before. And I pray right now as we prepare our hearts, God, I pray that People would not be thinking about what they're going to do and not be getting ready to leave the building. Lord, I, I just pray that, God, we'd fall our face before you. Say, oh, God, show us your glory. Let heaven come down. Let your glory fill this place. Have your way in our hearts. We're asking, we're pleading, begging you, Lord. If you're not going to go, we're not going to go either. We're going to wait on you. Just wait on you. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? Brother Aaron leads us. I'll meet you here. Maybe you need to come on to this altar. Don't, don't wait on somebody. Come on. Step out. Come on. Make me a servant
So we're just going to have a choose your special hymn night tonight. So just, uh, just uh, be thinking about that if you've got a special hymn. And we'll have a good time tonight. Following that, church council, if you're on that, we're meeting in the Fellowship Hall at 7 o'clock after that. Pray for our children as they leave tomorrow for children's camp, uh, Monday through Thursday. They'll be back. Uh, and... Uh, and, and I just, uh, man, I just want to praise the Lord too. Tabitha Laird, Darren's wife. Uh, God has put her in a position. She's actually over the entire camp. Planned all of that and lined all of that up and directs every bit of that. Uh, and uh, she's done a great job. God has put people in this church with talents that, that exceed anything I ever dreamed of. And I just praise the Lord. Uh, and I uh, hope you'll find your talent, whatever God's given you, and plug it in. Use it for the glory of God. Amen? Uh, and then Awesome August, man, have mercy. Uh, if you've not been around during Awesome August, these are old camp meeting times is what they are. And uh, the first one is August the 9th, and we're going to do something different than the first one. We've never done it here. We're going to have tag team preaching and singing. And uh, Brother Aaron's going to lead us into singing there, and He's just going to kind of walk around and tag somebody, and they got to come up and sing. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. Amen. I love it. All right. All right. It's going to be good. I guarantee you it's going to be good. And then preaching the same way. We'll just come out and tag you, and you just pick up and then go right on. But no, we, we got a little more organized than that, but, but, but be loose. Amen. Be loose. I'm looking. Amen. Uh, and then uh, Rock Collins will be here that second time from... Tennessee and wow, what a preacher. And then Dr. Lloyd Scott and then Dr. Ergen Kaner. I'm just telling you, you don't want to miss Monday nights on August. And bring someone with you. Let's fill this place up each night there. All right, let's meet some wonderful people here. First of all, Joe and Nelda. Come if y'all would. Joe and Nelda Wright. 
Y'all may remember them. They used to be a member here. Now to play the piano for us for what? Two years? Three years? One year. One year. Just seemed like three years. Didn't it? <laughs> All right, it's one year. She's ready to get out, but now she's coming back. Say, Lord, I want to come back. What a what a great couple this is here. How do you receive them? John and Tina Meyer, uh, come if y'all would, and, and uh, they were married here in 2006 and, uh, in Woodland Hills and moved to Arizona, and now they've moved back and they come back and want to be a part of this church, been saved, baptized, want to be a part of this church. How do you receive them? Right. And then Charles Smith, come on down here and stand out here if you would. Charles comes and uh, promised a letter from Pine View Baptist Church in Winsboro, Texas. And wasn't he a blessing to this morning? Amen. I couldn't figure out if it was Willie Nelson or Waylon Jennings, but I'll tell you what, I like that voice. I guarantee you, I like that voice. And we praise the Lord. Hey, come by and give these a right hand Christian fellowship or high five or bump or whatever there, thumbs up or something. Welcome them to Woodland Hills. Thank you again for being here today. I appreciate it so much. Remember to pray for Brother Case. They'll be headed this way back. Uh, he's just real tired. and and uh, uh, But uh, 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 just pray for them as they travel back uh, sometime later this week, okay? And then one more to add to the COVID list. Lane McClung tested positive too. So uh, remember to pray for that family, all right? Would you stand with us here? I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and His love. One of our news members, Brother Rob Wells, lead us in our closing prayer, please.